Welcome to the Reverse Selling Podcast, where real estate agents, salespeople, and entrepreneurs come to learn the best tactics and strategies to grow their business. Hosted by the creator of the Reverse Selling Methodology, Brandon Morinan. All right, you guys, welcome back to the show. Today, we have another amazing story, amazing agent, amazing human being here to tell his journey in real estate, Mr. William Rojas. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. Looking forward to telling your story. And uh, and, and to start off with a bang, I didn't butcher your last name. I've, I've called you Roaz and all kinds of stuff, but nobody has the, as worse of a last name than I do. So, uh, there you go. But anyway, uh, appreciate you jumping on with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. For sure. So before we jump into your story, just tee it up for us. Where do you sell real estate and how long have you been an agent? So I sell real estate in Orlando, Florida. I've been a real estate agent for, um, well, I've been licensed for about two years. And this was my first year in real estate sales before I used to work in um, in property management. Got it. And how long have we been working together now, you and I? Since I think it, uh, I checked, it was like April. Um, we st- I started in the course only, and then I moved over around uh, I want to say August into the coaching side of things, which uh, which was pr- pretty recent. Got it, got it. Yeah, I love I love our, our our time together so far. Our conversations, I love them, and I always tell you that. But um, and I want to get into that in a little bit. But what like what attracted you to get into real estate? Like, what did you see? What did you hear? that said, okay, I want to get into that business. So it's funny that you asked that. I used to actually be in sales. I used to sell really high-end bicycles, like bikes. I used to be a cyclist before I had a daughter and um, a really avid one too. And so I used to sell these high-end bikes and that that was kind of like sales for me. And I didn't realize that I had this skill of like selling and customer service and stuff like that because I was I was going to school at the time and I noticed that everyone around me was doing really well in real estate. So I said, you know what, let me just get my license and you know, let me tackle this and see where I go. So that's got it short. And so you were, you were, um, so you were selling high-end bikes right before you got into this business? Yes. Yes. And, uh, so I was selling like really expensive bikes. We're talking about like $15,000 without a motor, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. so there's clarity there. There you go. So, um, and just for context, like what type of like income were you used to making before you got into real estate sales? Uh, to be completely transparent with everybody, I guess you could say I was, I was making an hourly wage. Um, I wasn't commission-based right off the gun. Got it. Um, we were more service-based because it's retail at the end of the day. So I made yeah. around probably $30,000 to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Got it. And so you you looked at real estate and said, dude, a lot of these people can are making a lot of money. Um, so there's a big upside for you. So you get in the business, you told me off like well, you said what? This is 2021 is your first full year, right? Yeah. So in 2020, I was in property management, and that's where I started developing more of my sales skills because I was doing new business development. I did marketing and lead generation at the company too. And I was able to get 35 accounts for that company that that first year I was with them. Phenomenal. Now, so give me more context. Like as we finish up, you and I are making this at the end of December 2021. How will you finish your first full year in real estate? So finishing my first year, I will uh, have generated about 20 total sales. Awesome. My first year. Yeah. 
Dude, that's phenomenal. And so what type of income did that, does that give you uh, in Florida? A hundred, about a hundred thousand uh, is what it, it gives. Dude, <laughs> I didn't re- I guess I didn't realize that until now because uh, what, well, what I didn't realize was the, how big the jump was for you financially. Like, what is your, what is your, your, you know, your spouse saying? Like you were, you were doing X, right. And now you're making six figures first time in your life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's that like? Time. So it's amazing, man, because when I started this business, it was crazy. My wife was pregnant and I told her, Hey, I'm going to jump into this business. I need to put my back against the wall and get uncomfortable. And I said, I think I have the potential of making more money than before. So I spoke with her. And and at the end of the day, when we had that conversation, she was nervous about it. But at the same time, I knew it was the best option for me um, in order to make, you know, what what I wanted to make. Um, I had opportunities at making an hourly wage, but I told her I want that unlimited income where the more I work, the more I earn. So um, that's where I, I decided to pull the trigger and just take a, take a leap. And I'm glad I did for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, congratulations. I mean, that, that, I guess, again, I didn't realize the disparity was so, the gap was so big from where you were at before to what you did this year. Dude, that's super, super exciting. So, so let's kind of break down the business, right? So when you first got started on the sales side of things, did you have like a big epiphany? Like, like most people do, which is like, damn, I thought it was this way. I had no idea how hard it was to generate business. Like, did you think it was going to be easier than it was or harder than it was? So I didn't think it was going to be easy because, you know, obviously I came from a lead generation background and producing business um, that came my way. Um, so it, it wasn't hard, but it was kind of hard because I, you have to figure out what path you're going down. And I think that's what, that, that's what the, is the most difficult part when you're starting out, right? So um, in the end, I, I would say that, yeah, it's difficult. I, I knew it was going to be difficult, but I knew I had the background and I could do it ultimately. Yeah. And so what were you doing to generate new business before you and I started working together? So uh, obviously my sphere uh, was a big thing. Um, and then after that, um, I, was, uh, I was on a team at the beginning of the year, but when I joined your program isn't is when I started really converting because of the way you talk to people. And I think I even messaged you a couple months ago and I told you, I want to learn how to talk exactly like you talk. And, and that ultimately, cause it's what you say to people to get them to understand where you want to go in the conversation. And it felt like when I was, you know, learning from you specifically, is what is what got me like over that edge and reminding me of like questions you know that I need to ask um, in order to get people to convert. So that's what led me to where where I, where I am now. So with the team, I was able to get leads, and I was just I was tired of sitting there waiting for them to come to me because that's not my mindset. My mindset's looking for business. So. Um, I heard one of your videos and ultimately that's what led me to make the jump out of the team and, and, and take further risk into growing myself. So I walked away from the team and then I developed um, more skills to be able to, uh, to get more business at the end of the day. Which Yeah, I love it. So, so a couple really key things there. So yeah, you just hit it. The, the, when somebody's on a team, when they first get in this business, 
it does give you like a level of, of, of comfort mm-hmm. and a level of, of certainty almost, right? Like you feel safe. So not only were you in a new business that your wife's like, man, babe, I don't know about this. You're like, don't, I got this. I got this. You then left the team, but on the team, were they giving you buyer leads mostly is what they were doing? Like internet buyer leads or. So this is what happened with the team. I was getting buyer leads and we were like in the craziest market of sellers. So here the market's hot, like houses get on the market on the weekend. They have multiple offers by Monday. So I started realizing this and I did close three sphere buyers at the beginning, but then I started changing my pace and looking for that selling side which is where you came in. I started looking up like, you know, how to prospect, how to sell. I'm interested, you know, in prospecting. And then that's when I found you. And I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. Let me see what I, where I can go with this. So I told my wife, hey, I'm going to make this investment. It's going to be worthwhile because I'm, I'm huge on education. For sure. I, think I told you, I read all the books behind you, like yeah. that, that are behind you in the coaching calls that we have together. I've read all, almost all of them. Uh, so that's like, I think that's where things started to convert for me um, from there on forward. I love it. So then the next thing you said, and you just talked about a little bit more, was like the importance of sales skills. And this is something I think that, I mean, quite frankly, isn't talked about enough in, in our business. And let me ask you this. Regardless of how a real estate agent is generating their leads, would you agree that skills will be the thing that determines the level of success an agent can reach. Like, Regardless if they're buying leads, doing open houses, working sphere of influence, direct outbound prospecting, working with referral partners, put that aside. When somebody says, yeah, let's get together, do you agree it's all about skills? Yeah. And that's exactly like um, I'm a mentor in our brokerage. So that's the first thing I tell people is to make sure that, you know, you understand how to actually talk to somebody, you know, even if let's, I'll give you an an easy example. If you're running an open house, sign in here. Uh, I'll be happy to help you. That's going to be like almost being spammy versus saying, Hey, can you sign in? Um, So the owner knows that I'm working today. That gives people more peace of mind of signing in and not feeling like they're being bombarded. Exactly. So I feel like anything you say whichever lead source you're going after, skills is going to be number one, period. Yeah. All right. So you and I completely see it the same way. And it's amazing. Like this doesn't get talked about. Like we are in the communication business, but nobody talks about communication skills. Everybody's so worried about like strategy, you know, like everyone's obsessed with leads. I I don't think leads are an issue right now. Like leads, you can get leads from a thousand different places, I'm under the belief, William, that it's all about lead conversion. That's the bigger issue that people have, not a lead generation problem. So even though most agents getting the business obsess over lead generation tactics and strategies, when they get down to it and they start getting leads filtered into their system for wherever they get them from, they quickly say, oh, shit, I don't have a lead problem. I got no skills. Yeah. Because when they pull out the credit card and they give it to a Zillow or a realtor.com, they think all their problems are going to go away. They don't, it doesn't change one thing because as soon as the lead comes in the CRM, they got to pick up the phone and talk to the prospect. And if they have no skills, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? So even if you're generating a lead, basically, uh, like financially, let's say you're putting money down, you're still 
cold calling essentially that individual because you haven't met them yet. Not really cold calling, but it's one hundred percent you are. But you are. You're absolutely you're a relationship, and then determining that conversation will ultimately get you the business, right? That's right. Meeting with them, conversating with them, and then converting that person to work with you. Yep. So I love it. So let's talk about skills for a second. What are, what are, you know, so you and I have been working together, you said since April, I think, right? So tell me what are some big ahas that maybe you can share with the audience from a sales skills communication standpoint that you think has, have made the biggest impact on your mindset or your skill set? So one of the biggest things that I realized, which was um, something that was huge for me, and you brought it back to me right when I jumped into the coaching program, is the fact that people purchase on emotion and that if you don't know the motivation and time frame of that individual, they might not be a qualified person to work with, right? So when I started, I was going on these previous appointments like you suggested, and I was spinning my wheels. And then there was this point where I did a, I went to a physical open house on a Monday, you know, on a Monday. And yeah. I was like, no one's going to be there. This is going to be perfect. I can't wait to go. I get there and there's people in and out of the house, in and out of the house. And then, so I took a step back and I was like, I need to learn more. Like, I need to learn more. I need to learn what do I need to do to convert this? It's not just about knowing the script. The script is important 100% but it's more so finding out what's their motivation, their pain, why are they moving and me being the solution to help them. That's, that's kind of pretty much what I... I love it. So, so are you saying that it's less about, when you say it's less about the script, are you saying it's less what you say and more how you say what you say that will move the needle? Correct. So yeah. when I read your book, that's when things really changed for me because then I started reading like, um, the NLP or neuro uh, linguistics yeah. programming. And that right there was where I started to see the magic happen. So I started converting for sale by owners because I only prospect for sale by owners in this market because there's no expireds here. We'll right. get like one or two, um, maybe a day. Yeah. Um, so what I did was when I realized that there was uh, what's it called? Uh, a, a whole bunch of for sale by owners. If I didn't contact them the first time, I would get them in the, in the FISBO black hole and, and I would convert them uh, because they were on the market longer. And then what I would do was find their motivation timeframe and then show them the solution a little bit and then meet with them and then convert. So it was, it was amazing. And then up until now, I've been learning how to follow up, uh, which is another process that you have to kind of go through yourself to That's see right. what works for you. So. Love it. So your business now, are you just working your, your sphere of influence database and then for sale by owners? Are those the two lead pillars now? Right now. Yeah. So Got I'm it. starting to work in um, downsizers because I'm seeing a lot of indicators of that, especially yeah. here in this market. Um, and so that's the other lead pillar I'm planning to go after. And then down the road, once I master those three, I want to go after maybe divorce would be the next step. Love it. I love it. So let's walk people through, William, like an average day or, and then we'll, well, let's do that. And then we'll get into like your conversion process of like, when you, when you talk to a for sale by owner for the first time versus, and then the whole thing when you're putting that sign in the front yard. So first let's talk about what, what does an average day look like? Um, when you wake up on Monday, Tuesday morning, what does that look like for you? Yeah. So I wake up usually around five in the morning. 
and I'll get up. I actually purchased a gym. I work out in the gym um, in my garage. Then after that, I get ready for the day. I meet with my, uh, I take my daughter to day or daycare. And then from there, I come back and I start prospecting immediately. Uh, so I, I start prospecting a little later than most people. It'll probably be like around 939. Uh, and then after that, I take care of uh, anything else that I have to do throughout the day, whether it's administrative or not. And then there's sometimes where I'll do a, a night prospecting uh, from like four to six or something like that. Nice. That's much how. So when you start prospecting like nine, nine 30, like how long, like how much prospecting are you doing to give people context? So you're going to make six figures this year. How much prospecting are you doing to generate that type of income? So it's beginning. It's kind of funny. Like, um, since my skills have gone up, it's gone down. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, we spoke about this last coaching call. I'm not enough. I'm, I'm not recording the numbers yet. Sure. Um, but that's my goal for next year. So I can start you know, um, seeing where you're at. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, I'll prospect usually for about, um, maybe about an hour or two. Uh, I usually do or three, and then I'll usually take breaks in between and then do something else in between that way. I come back refreshed and then, and then go at it again, or I'll go for a walk and then come back that way. It's not, you know, um, you know, prospecting's not fun. It's no, not, it's no. not. You have to make it fun. So That's right. if, you're, if you're able to take breaks in between, it helps kind of push that, that um, you know, that goal along pretty much. Yeah. So in an average day, like based on your skill set today, how many appointments are you able to secure? If you call for two or three hours, are you able to set a FISBO appointment pretty much every day or are there a couple a week? Like how many are you setting per week? So um, this past week I set two. Um, got it, which is good. And then I'm probably going to convert that one today. I think we're talking about it. So he's real close. He just has to, um, make the decision. Uh, but yeah. uh, you know, you feel so good about it out of two, I'm really generating 50%. I did pull some numbers out of sef- 17 listing appointments that I've had. I've converted 14. That's like around wow. 80%. So, um, because of what you taught me, like the, the conversation, like, yeah letting them know days on market's really going to affect you and, and things like that have really helped me push the envelope and getting people to thinking and using me as their, as their agent ultimately. All right. So that's what I want to transition into. So let's just, let, I want to pull my calculator up real quick. So is it actually, let's see, 14. Uh, yeah. So, so it's about 85% closing ratio with these for sale by owners, people watching this like new agent or experienced agent doesn't matter. They're going to be like, how in the world are you able to do that? So let's walk the people through, William, mm-hmm. your process when a for sale by owner says, yeah, William, we'd like to meet with you. Walk us through what you do from that point until you're getting that contract signed. So basically, when they, you mean when I get the, the lead and they want to meet with me and then from there, the follow-up is what you're saying? Or well, the follow-up from the well, follow-up? Yeah, really just from the, when you set a listing appointment, like I want to understand what does your listing appointment process look like so that you're converting at such a high level? Like, do you have a conversation after you set the appointment? Are you sending them anything? What does your listing appointment look like? What are you saying? What are you bringing? Walk us through that whole process. So it's funny. The last listing that I recently had, they were in, um, they were in Washington, D.C. And so I did meet them here and I kind of forced my way into the home. Um, because I live local and I really yeah. want to target this area. 
So when I got into the house, I told them, you know, I would love the opportunity to interview for the position. So she wasn't answering any realtor calls at all, like wow. zero, any calls at all. And I was the only one conversating with her via text. Mm. So I followed up with her every week. You know, I let her know. She's like, oh, I think it's slowing down because of the holidays. I said quite the opposite. And I gave her some feedback. And so it proved to me that follow-up just in the way that person wants to conversate is way more powerful than putting somebody on a trip campaign and being obnoxious. Yeah. Yeah. So I learned that because you told me that, that you used to do that before. And, And it's a proven fact. If you could find that person's form of communication at the end of the day, you're going to uh, be able to have that conversation with them and follow up with them and build a rapport until the point where they say, I, it, which is exactly what she said, we trust you. We trust right. you and you're aggressive and we like that. We'll go ahead and sign with you tomorrow. You know what I mean? And then I so I it. had an opportunity to talk to them over the phone. And so we went over a couple of objections, uh, which is something else that people need to learn. Um, maybe a couple. Um, I think... Uh, the Wolf of Wall Street calls them patterns, yeah. uh, different patterns to kind of like, you know, be able to have that conversation. And, 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 um, and then finally, you know, weed out any objections and then, you know, close pretty much. Yeah, because really, the, the, once you've done everything right leading up to where the seller makes a decision, yeah, I think you nailed it. Everyone thinks it's about closing. It's really how you open up the relationship that actually wins you the business, not like this fancy close. And so, right? And so what I always tell people is like follow up is part of the interview process. They're seeing, do you do what you say you're going to do? Like how is it in our communication throughout the last couple of days or weeks that will tell the seller subliminally like is this the type of person that we want to work with or not? And a lot of that decision-making process is during that follow-up. Would you agree with that? Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, that's not the first time it's happened to me. There was a lady that was giving me pushback and she wanted to meet with me at her open house. And she said she would be too busy. I show up at the open house. She, she told me after we were conversating, it wasn't about business anymore. That's when you know things are kind of coming together. It becomes a little bit personal. Oh, I'm moving because my son, this and this and that. And the next thing you know... She's telling me to follow up with her, you know, call me on Monday. I'll make a decision on Monday. And I call her on Monday. I like your aggressiveness. Let's go ahead and do it. We'll put it on the market this weekend. This is not. And that's what ultimately, you know, brings the deal to kind of together. I love it. I love it. And that, yeah, you just reminded me of something, but like, that's the other thing from a skills perspective that I remember vividly a conversation you and I had, I think we actually reviewed one of your live calls and I was like, we're missing the motivation. Like we're talking about a lot of things that are not their motivation. And that's the secret to human connection on like their why. That's where everything lives. Like that's how you set the appointment. That's how you get the leverage to like make a connection. That's how you can ask the right questions. And you are skipping over that completely. And that's what you said was the biggest difference was really understanding how to dig for that motivation. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Because if you look at it from a different level uh, or a different area, in retail, people are emotional buyers, right? That's right. So, like when I would work, and we could bring this back to my sales days, when I would work in uh, selling bikes, people would come in and they'd be like, oh, I'm just waiting because uh, our, our, our bike shop was by the airport. I'm just looking around. And then I'd start the conversation with them. 
do you have any bikes right now? Oh, no. Oh, well, yeah. Or, you know, and then you kind of roll into a conversation of them possibly purchasing one. Well, check this bike out right here. This is a very nice bike, blah, 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 blah. How much does it cost? It costs about 3000 I can give you this, you know, and then you end up, you know, kind of Sell something. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so as we finish out 2021 and you look at where you're at now, like how far you've come with the skills that you have now, what are your goals for next year? Like, what, is, what do you think you can accomplish in another full year of doing what you're doing now? So I did kind of the, um, I kind of want to do anywhere between 30 and 40 sales next year. I want to kind of double, if not do at least 30. Um, I want to do exactly what you say, compound everything and just generate and generate and generate. So I want to grow more than what I was. Um, and that way I could keep on growing from there. That's, that's the ultimate plan. So good. I'm, is, does your wife work or is she able to stay home? So my wife is a, a nurse right now. Um, okay. She's an LPN. So she, um, she works a nine to five or a, a 10 hour shift. Yeah. <laughs> she wants to at some point go to school and, and hopefully I can help her do that. You know, that's, that's the plan. I love it. I love it. So I guess my, my last question for you is like, I'm curious if you could either go back to, you know, a year or two years ago when you get your, your license and you can give yourself one or two pieces of advice what would you tell yourself that maybe other new agents could benefit from as well? Everything you tell me. <laughs> so that's what I did yesterday. I sat down with one of my mentees and I told him, hey, man, you have to find all the pillars that you, you want to prospect or, or get to know. And then you have to um, commit to it. And then, you know, this isn't a, you know, I'm going to sit down and generate business because I have a license. This is you have to look for business every single day, no matter what. And if you're not looking for business, you're not going to get paid those three months. Because right. like, I think Jeb Blunt said that the first month that you're working will generate you three months of business down the road, right? That's right. So that's what I would tell them. And usually people get shocked with that, but ultimately it's the, tr it's the truth. It's we work in 90-day cycles. I mean, the work we do today, we get paid for 90 days from today. Exactly. Yeah, that's great advice. Great advice. Well, listen, dude, this, is, uh, this has been great, dude. I, uh, I really appreciate you jumping on with us today. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of agents that, that watch this and say, okay, I resonate with his message. Is there a place where people can connect with you online? Are you on Facebook or Instagram where people can find you? Yeah. I mean, you can look me up, William Rojas Realtor um, on Facebook, Instagram. I answer all my messages to everyone that I speak to. So no problem there. For sure. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll have to do this again in a year from now, just to kind of show people how far you've come. But uh, I want to wish you and your family a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I really appreciate you jumping on with us today, my friend. You too, Brandon. Thank you so much for everything you do. I I'm not sure if everybody ever tells you that. I'm sure they do, but you're an amazing coach. And if anybody's even thinking about switching and you know doing something different and being uncomfortable, I'd highly advise you to look at Brandon's program because it's 100% legit. And, and I can't say anything more than that. Like you have to experience it to understand how much he actually gives back. I feel like he's my broker. That's how much he gives back. So, well, dude, I appreciate that. And um, it, it's just very kind. And it's, you know, uh, it's funny because I, it's like when, when, when you say that, it makes me feel that the work that I put forth, the effort is all worth it. And so I, it really does mean a lot. We really appreciate uh, working with you as well, for real. All right. Thank you, Brandon. All right, brother. We'll talk to you soon. All right. All right, man. Take care. All right. Take care. For more tips and advice on how you can grow your business, 
be sure to follow Brandon on YouTube and Instagram at Brandon Mulrennan.